0: It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: This is KGB. 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 What up, is DJ EFN.
0: Yo, and this is your man made in digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers Yo, what up? This is Open Mike Eagle, broadcasting live from LA. But I'm rocking with the Fatherhoods Podcast. Yes, sir. We're black, gentlemen. <sighs> yeah. This is one hundred. What one hundred feels like? I I don't know what that's supposed to Years be. Years old? Is that, is that good or bad? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it kind of feels normal for us, yeah. like in in our We're recording. On. Do we want
2: to? Do we want to say the truth to to our? hundredth fiasco, or or keep that to ourselves. I, I'm
0: I'm as open as we want to be. Pause. So <laughs> let it <her> rip. <laughs> Pause. Pause. So, <laughs> so we we
2: we could be. I don't mind you know being transparent about what's going on with me. So um, yeah. to let the listeners know, I was exposed to to folks with COVID, and I felt some symptoms, and I felt sick, and I tested and I'm just waiting um for results so hopefully by the time this comes out I have my results and in the mix of all of that you know this is just on my eyes and you guys might have stuff on your end but on my end and we got a storm coming a hurricane coming and I got babies and and I got home construction and home chaos going on and so we were trying to put together a really amazing hundredth episode with like the biggest star on the planet uh, <laughs> I think I think uh we had a line of people wanting like Madonna and J-Lo and, and <laughs> Jay, Mark Anthony. Jay, Jay and, still
0: calling. Yo, Jay, stop calling me, B.
2: Yeah, Obama was hitting us up. And we were just like, look, man, like we got too many personal problems right now. Can't do it. But that's what it was. We really wanted to put together a, a big guest for the 100th episode. But if my girl had her way, which she's having it right now, she said she would say that the biggest guests are always just us. Oh, um, she's sweet. She she doesn't really care for guests because she says it, it cuts into us talking about our our issues and why we even started this podcast. But whatever, you know, I think I can see both sides.
0: The balance the balance is cool, but I, I I think I I understand where she's coming from. So that's that's valuable.
1: Yeah, well, that's why we have some episodes with no guests and some episodes of guests. Right, and that's
2: coming to. Yeah. Some- from someone within the family that wants yeah. to hear, they everything that we're talking about is personal. Right, a person outside of the family guesses just the same as us, you know.
1: But thank you, E's Lady, for enjoying our combo. <laughs> yes, so, so, can, so can,
2: that's so, what we're at with our hundredth episode.
0: So we, we were talking a little bit ago about some of the inconsistencies. Um, you, uh, E, like having gone through the testing process of COVID. Right. What um what are, like what was your experience? Um, just so we can kind of level set with that and then move from there.
2: So, so, you know, there's this whole thing controversy with people having access to testing or paying for testing. Like when I, you know, started to feel a little sick and then and, and found out that someone, you know, that was close to me, that was around tested positive. I was like, I will, if I got to pay for it to get quick results, I'll fucking pay for it. Like yeah. whatever, you know? So I'm looking around and seeing how, and then every, you know, the, the public, the government ones. That are around, um, or then I found out CVS and Walgreens were doing it, and they were taking insurance. So you're basically paying for it through insurance. So I was like, "All right, cool, I'll do that." You had to do a, you had to make an appointment. Um, they had limited appointments, and I figured that this going, I went through CVS. I figured that would be quicker and more efficient, and it was a drive-through situation. You go through where you pick up your meds. Uh, they actually had their shit on point. They pass you everything uh, through the little machine where they give you your meds and they they kind of like talk you through doing it yourself Mm -hmm. um and i know i did it right because i teared up they said you know you didn't stick it far enough if you didn't tear up and i'm i was tearing up did Um, you pause
0: did you pause huh when you when you were saying that you had to say a pause you can't. You I can't. didn't have to <laughs> because it was because this is a COVID I mean, you test. T- you and teared up. Knows right? I'm talking
2: about my nose. You just but Only up. Manny would imagine a butthole. <laughs> right?
0: Whoa, whoa, pause, pause. Let's not get so violent. <laughs> so, anyways,
2: um, so I did the test, and they say this is the part where it starts to get funky. They're like, we send you a link, and you have to activate it within 24 hours. Create a profile to get your test results. And I'm like, well, what happens if you don't? You don't get test results. Yeah. Like, your test results are in limbo, Basically. you know? And, the <laughs> and so I did it right there on the spot on my phone, which scared me even more because I feel like doing things on the phone sometimes and filling these web applications out on the phone, you might miss something. Uh, and so, and but then they said early on when CVS started doing it, their results were coming back within two to three days. But... They started to get overwhelmed because you know Miami's an epicenter. Yeah, uh, they got they're starting to get overwhelmed. So now it's six to ten days. So here I am on my uh, sixth day of no results yet. And mind you, I have another friend of mine, my boy Socrates from Beer Fest Fridays, which you know, yep. he started feeling sick. And when he when I told him I was going to get tested, he decided to go to a, a public government facility, and he you know no appointment. He just waited in line. Got his, and then he got his results within three days. Wow,
0: that's crazy!
1: How and he tested positive, by the way. Oh, <laughs> oh damn! I have
2: to put his business. <laughs> out. But he hadn't been around me, so he's not a part of my situation. Right. Your contact hey, trace. And
1: so, in, in true fatherhoods fashion, what was the tipping point of your symptom that said, uh, "Man, I, I better go get tested for this"? It was yeah. something you told us.
2: I did. Oh, about like the symptoms. Well, oh. there was
1: the one one in particular. That,
2: uh, oh that, in, uh, in fatherhood fashion yeah you're yeah. right which was you lose your senses like sense of smell and taste and when i could no longer smell a dirty diaper i knew something know
0: <laughs> I, I,
2: I rather enjoyed it though but
0: I you enjoyed not was. having to smell them
2: right right yeah you know because my girl would be like yo can you can you see if she has a dirty diaper and you take that whiff <laughs> and it's like whoa it's like sulfur in your nose you're like oh damn you know um yeah i couldn't i couldn't smell anything man so that that's the part that made me feel oh, damn and then of course when my boy um who, who's been a part of the podcast but i won't i won't mention his name he tested positive like okay and we were pretty you know he was with me yeah. um when we started to feel sick the next day so so yeah so hopefully i mean hopefully it comes back uh negative but the chance is high that it might come back positive and then the next thing is you know it's the fear of being around the family, the kids, the baby, you know, everybody and their mother's like, Whoa, go isolate yourself. Oh, quarantine yourself. Stay away from the family. And me and my girl are looking at each other, like, who are these people and where do they live and how do they live in this world with family? Like it really there, it's impossible for me to isolate myself from my family when it's my girl, a two month, Old baby, a toddler, and an elderly person in the house, which is the scariest part of it all. Yeah, um, and we had, you know, we have a lady that helps us, but she's not coming around because of the situation. So there's no way, possibly, that I could isolate myself, and it's scary because it's like I'm purposely feeling like I'm passing on, mm. um, you know, infecting my family. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's like a catch twenty two. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't.
0: That's I mean it's it's real. Like it's easy for somebody else to say like, No, you're fucking up. Like you gotta stay in your room. Like you you know, let your girl deal with it on her own. Like my boy Charlie's like, What the fuck? What is, what is, you rather just you wanna kill them? And I'm like, oh <laughs> <laughs> G. I. Joe. Yeah. No, but it's real. Like and you know, when you first told me, I was like, Yo, son, are you you know, I asked you, I was like, Yo, are you are you quarantining? And you were like, I mean, yeah, from other people, but like in my house, like I was like damn yeah i get it like this shit's real tough
2: and it, and it didn't really it doesn't really make sense to quarantine when i've already been around them all that point leading up to the idea where oh maybe i have it and let me go get tested it's like oh now i'm gonna isolate it's, it it's already too it, like, late. at that point it it's, it doesn't make sense so yeah i mean thankfully nobody else has any symptoms but uh if i test you know if the positive if i come back positive then we're gonna give the family get everybody tested and and just take it from there but it's a little scary man mm-hmm. and then you start hearing all kinds of shit and things about kids then now younger kids and younger adults passing and you know you just start to hear all this random shit, man like yeah. conspiracy this and this that and the other and and so i don't know um one thing I was a part of this interesting uh, private, like I don't want to say private, but it was a closed door conference call. The Illuminati, uh, you
0: could say it. No,
2: <laughs> with it was like a bunch of media dudes, uh, like in hip hop media, and then a doctor uh, talking, trying to give facts, trying to have us disseminate these facts because the they feel that um you know like our government isn't doing a good job it's like everything is kind of confusing and and people are and then th- they feel that the black and brown communities are very susceptible to to covid and also susceptible to conspiracy theories therefore not doing certain things to avoid issue so um one of the things that i thought was interesting that was asked in terms of that i was wondering is do i need to get tested again uh once I, if i come back positive you know do i have to go keep testing till i'm negative right and the doctor said that no um that if if you're positive you would quarantine yourself for 10 to 14 days from the day from the moment you have symptoms and if you had symptoms and you were sick as long as you waited three days after those symptoms within the 10 to 14 Mm -hmm. if you at least had three days of no symptoms then you should be in the clear and you don't have to get tested, which I would imagine that would be the thing to put out there. So you don't. O- so the testing apparatus isn't overwhelmed, you know, by a bunch of people trying to just figure out if they're negative when they probably already are negative at that point. That that's but that's weird because my boy Charlie <laughs> seemed to be positive. He kept going back to check himself and he was like positive for like over a month. Oh,
0: really? I've, I've heard sic- situations like that like you can't get the negative after trying you know a bunch of times it's i mean you know and it's back to kind of what we've talked about and what is i think what is the the well understood aspect of all of this is that we still don't fucking have a like we don't have a beat on this thing like there's right. not there's no tr- consistent trend that we can apply to society and say these three things are always going to happen you know measure against this and prevent that and we can't it's it's almost like this shit treats every single person differently.
2: Right. And, we don't oh, and let me give some more info that, that was in that call because this is the stuff they, this is what they want us to do to get the information out. Um, they were talking about the doctor was saying that they do foresee a, a, a vaccine or vaccines by like February of next year that there's already three that are in the high, like in the high stages of clinical trials. trials. Yeah. And, um, but the issue is that the black and brown communities are you know subscribed mostly to to the conspiracies of not vaccinating themselves for 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 real good reasons for historical reasons um and so that's one of the things that that this doctor was saying that we need to get out is like once the vaccines come out you know the doc the doctor himself is saying the, these clinical trials are there to ensure that they're going to be the best vaccines a possible that are going to be able to tackle this situation and the vaccines are going to be the only way that we kind of eradicate this problem. Um, and so we need to get black and brown communities to get vaccinated because in, in, the only way to create herd immunity is by like, I think, don't quote me, but I think he said 70% of the population needs to get vaccinated to create this herd immunity from the, from the virus. And, and so that, yeah. And then somebody else asked him about holistic approaches to, to dealing with, with COVID. Um, because some people will be like, oh, I'm not taking no vaccine, no medicine. I'm just doing straight up, you know, fucking, uh, C-Moss. tiger bone, you know? <laughs> <A tiger> bone. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he said that, and, and mind you, the dude's Jamaican, uh, he went to two Ivy league schools, was at, uh, John Hopkins, uh, hospital worked there and then was a part of the, Obama administration for some, at some capacity. And he said that, although he said there is no holistic approach that can beat or, you know, prevent you from getting COVID. But what he's saying, what is good about anybody that does that type of stuff is that it it means that that person is more health conscious and their baseline health is going to be better to deal with the
1: virus if they do get it. So stronger, stronger immune system, potentially.
2: Right, right. And, you know, so, so that was something that he mentioned as well. That's it. Do, you guys,
0: do you guys get flu vaccines? I do. I don't. I didn't for a long time. I'm the brown community. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the conspiracy against it. I, yeah, I do because for, for, this, for a similar reason, like the herd immunity thing, we were just like, look, if, if we all just do it, then the chances of us, any one of us kind of really going overboard with it is a lot less. And it doesn't. I mean, the, the problem with that thing is, is it changes all the time, right. even yeah. within the cycle of you taking the vaccine. So it's a crapshoot. But the percentages work in your favor, is, is what they say anyway. I, don't, I, I I, 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 for me personally, I it's like 50-50. I can't call it as to whether or not when I used to take. I'm sorry, when I take it versus when I didn't take it, how much better it, it works for me.
2: Do you get sick when you get vaccinated? Because that's like the whole thing that people get feeling like they giving you the flu. So,
1: nah, no, never. I got one once, but again, I've I read that you might have already been feeling sick, and you know, some so you have something injected into your body, and it just creates that that alarm in the body. So maybe something mm-hmm. else. But I, I hadn't, I, I hadn't been. I guess when I was younger, I wasn't, I wasn't it wasn't like an every year thing. It was once in a while. And then I started doing it a little bit more regularly. And then I had the one adverse reaction and it was like a 24, I felt like I had the flu for 24 hours, but who knows if it was the vaccine or if it was, I oh, well, was already say I don't know. And then I stopped doing it. And then a couple of years later, I got the flu really bad. And I was like, uh, I think I'm going to go for the vaccine. <laughs> cause, that, <laughs> cause, cause the, the call it allergic call it a reaction that was that wasn't as intense as getting the actual flu so um yeah so we've been back on just doing all
2: right well you guys might vaccines. convince me to, to get back on, to, to i've never done it i don't think my mom takes takes the the flu uh shot but she says that every time she takes it she could feel sick so she's like She's like fifty-fifty conspiracy. Like I don't know if I fuck that shit, but then part of yeah. she's also a hypochondriac, so mm. she's like, I better take it.
1: <laughs> we we started doing it. We started just being more, doing it regularly. I guess once uh, my son started hitting preschool, and we were getting sick all the time from all the stuff he was bringing back from preschool.
2: Like <laughs> so, and
1: so just couldn't. It was having a hard time bouncing back from being sick all the time. So we just made it a thing to. No, that's more vaccines every year.
2: I think I think what Manny said about creating like that home herd immunity makes a lot of fucking sense.
0: What? What? How do you feel now? E, like having symptoms that you think are? I mean, that I way? I
2: feel like I have a, a minor head cold or flu, and what? What, what is, do you guys know? What is the exact difference of a flu and a cold?
1: I think the flu you have more. It's less congestion and it's more fever. Okay. Body ache. Um, you know, <clears> that <throat> kind of stuff. And and cold is tends to be more like head congestion and it's almost like you can maneuver a little bit more with the cold than you can with, with the flu. Got yeah, it. So you're like out I feel for like the I've, count.
0: Huh? You're like out for the count with the flu. Like it's right. it's debilitating. So,
2: so I feel like I have a minor uh, head cold and i'm just a little uh like fatigued and and tired but then also it could be from just life too like the baby not sleeping as well we've had a bunch of you know shit happening in the house with construction and and problems that have popped up with with crap in the house so all that can stress you out and tire you out so i don't know you know but i don't feel those those early like that those first two days that i started to feel sick were were pretty crappy um but I haven't, I can't say, if it is COVID, I haven't, definitely haven't gotten the whole craziness of what it, what people, some people say they gotten, not at all.
0: So are you of the mindset now, and, and I'm curious kind of what information <coughs> related to what I'm about to ask you, you got from, from that chat. Are you in a mindset now that you would take the COVID vaccine when when it's available? Hmm, That's a good question. No, you wouldn't.
2: No. I would probably hope that a seventy percent of the people <laughs> <laughs> and you I bet on be a part of the <laughs> I was going to say herd humidity, Her, <laughs> herd immunity. I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, I'm weirded out by vaccines and 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 stuff like that. It's just, uh, and and the dude was talking about on the call, you know, because. Um, I won't mention the different people and what they asked, but one of the people on the call, a uh, big person in in in, in our media and hip-hop media and whatnot, was asking like, you know, like not asking, but saying the reason why you know, the black and brown communities don't don't uh, subscribe to these conspiracies for no goddamn reason. It's there's a history of things that have happened. And the main one of the most known ones historically is the Tuskegee. Right. Experiment. And so, you know, that shit is real, man. Like, I, I, I do believe that that uh, the powers that be maybe would throw out a medicine or throw out something out there to the detriment of people and just to make a profit and see what happens, you know, and hope hope that it doesn't fuck people up. And my thing is, so to really answer accurately, I would wait. I yeah. would wait to see how it, you know, how it develops. You don't want to be how, the guinea pig, yeah. basically. Hell no. <laughs> And definitely about, not my fan.
0: How about UK?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm on the fence. Might be. Might have to wait a, a couple months to see if there's any kind of adverse reactions. But I also hate being. You know, because it's like if everyone wanted to wait a couple months, yeah, we didn't <laughs> get nowhere. See, then, you, then you get then you get nowhere. So, but um, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm I'm uh I'm just preparing myself mentally just to fight this shit out without a vaccine. But I think I think that changes almost immediately if God forbid that shit enters my house, right? And there's it enters my house. There is a vaccine. And I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm deathly afraid of what we don't know and we may not know for decades, right? right. Like, are there substantial detrimental factors that don't come out until later that affect my kids? F- fuck me. Like, right. whatever. I'll, I'll do what I can. But, like, them. Like, I, I read something where I think the number was ridiculous. It was, like, 70%. And the source can't remember exactly but it was one of the medical journals like a peer review journal and it said like 70 percent or so of people that got that contracted the virus three months later showed signs of like uh their heart showed a a sign of it like almost going through a heart attack and that was like that
2: you had it showed signs that you like almost like if you had a heart attack already right exactly yeah
1: Here's one other thing to keep in mind with all this stuff is that we also have to, there's a lot of people who will mention and, you know, for good, for good reason that it's too quick of a process to develop and test. But we also have to remember that we live in a time of rapid technology. And oh, no, so- no. I
2: believe in the, in the, in the ability yeah. To create this vaccine, let's see. There's a
1: lot of folks that that will use that as saying, like, "Hey, you know, typically these things take years and no, nah, I think to when develop, but but I think people lose track of yeah, nah. how quick and what kind of technology is available now. So we should take that into consideration. When when humans,
2: feel, I feel like when humans have their back against the wall, they they could do amazing things, and that's true. And I think the vaccine is one of those things. But when you have uh, pharmaceutical companies yeah. that are that are pegged up to make a huge profit off of it that's the part that that you know worries me um the stocks of some of these pharmaceutical companies are already going up in fact uh i'm looking at them like maybe we should i should invest in this shit. <laughs> it's i probably- should invest in the evil Is <laughs>
1: probably- <laughs> that kodak kodak stock
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so- speaking, speaking of and, and not i mean we can get back to this topic if we feel like we need to but um I heard an interesting tidbit just from the advertising world, the digital advertising world. I mean, it's obvious, right? Like, we're in political season. Campaigns are ratcheting up their ad spends and trying to market to everybody as widely as they can. Mm-hmm. But um, I heard, like, Trump is, I mean, his budgets are coming through and they're significant, right? And so... His budgets? Yeah, yeah. like uh, ad budgets. Spenning. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: For his, for his campaign. Right. Right. Right.
0: And so, right. I mean, and it's obvious, right? <clears throat> He's going after suburban moms. He's going after people like us, Latinos and, and pe- black people. Um, and the, But the messaging is fear tactics, which, whatever, is commonplace in politics, but it's straight up absurd bullshit, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, you know, everybody keeps trying to pin Biden to defunding the police when he blatantly said, that's not anything that I support. Right? But they're still trying to map that narrative back into all the messaging. And it's really like, they've got like police sirens and like emergency. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard any of the ads. Like I I heard, have. I've seen some of them. Yeah. It's great. So like places like places like Facebook, I think are going to be inundated continuously again, even though there's a whole bunch of shit controversy around them and how they act with, with stuff like this. But it's, it's going to be, I mean, the messaging and back to kind of what you were saying, like, our, our people are more gullible to a lot of that shit, um, and I, I'm, I'm afraid
1: because it's, so it's coming. Speaking of fear and COVID and fear tactics, it's just somewhat related. Remember I was telling you guys that, that uh, our son had been having some sleep. You know, we're just dealing with sleep anxiety and that kind of stuff. So my, my wife called our pediatrician the other day and <clears throat> just talking about this – kind of things to do to help and, and what's been going on and whatnot. But what she did say is that she has seen the pediatrician during this whole time. She's been treating a, a major load of, of, uh, anxiety cases in kids from all ages. Mm.
0: Makes
1: perfect sense. Not, yeah. you know, not, not typical.
2: That's crazy. I, I mean, uh, dude look the the effects of all this stuff is gonna be generational i think um th- th- i had a someone helping me at the house that had a a college-age daughter commit suicide <gasps> be- during because of like the COVID quarantine oh, just not being so able to do her just whatever yeah, g- yeah. fell into depression mm. and committed suicide um so, I mean, and I'm sure there's a bunch of stories like this yeah. out there. And, and just the idea, if you, if you think about it, it's its surreal when you look at the news and it tells you how many people have passed in the U.S. alone. Like, this is this is like a war. Yeah. Like, being in a war. Like, you know, we went crazy when 9-11 happened and, and a, you know, a couple thousand people passed away in that, which is horrific. You know, obviously right. it was the way it happened. But but when you have something like this, where it's like hundreds of thousands of people are are dying in our country, and they all have family members, the the stress on those families and, and the long term effects of all of this, and then the economic stuff, and like and, you know this is just crazy, man. It is insane. Like it's I really I'm starting to get anxiety and lose sleep because I'm thinking, what the hell is my kids' futures look like in this post COVID you know era? And Trump. <laughs> and post-Trump yeah. era, too. Yeah. He, he, even if he gets out, he's leaving a shit show. And, he's not, and even if he gets out of office, you best be believe he's not going to be quiet on the sidelines. Oh, no. He's fighting that shit to the bitter end. Not sure. just fighting it. Even if he's out and he's completely out, he's going to be oh, he's not gonna this. He's going to take whatever fucking fan base he still has, you know, followership, and he's going to galvanize those people. And they're going to be like the new tea party type of thing, you know? Yeah.
1: On a lighter note, uh, <laughs> shift for a second on some music combo. Mm. Uh, did you guys hear? So there was two songs that came out last week. I think it was last week that dealt with uh, fatherhood. So one is MERS produced by Recognize. It was a mm-hmm. MERS versus everybody. Yep, you heard it. You guys, uh, to I haven't. it yet? No, they dropped a video of it. You gotta text Merz me. You gotta text me these and things. His, and his family. I have not. So that, yeah, no, it's pretty, it's dope. And then, did you guys check out the Logic Dad Bod? That one here? I haven't. I I was yeah, started
0: to one. I started to listen to the album, but I haven't heard that track. Good track. I like good I song. Like,
1: all all about him being a dad and fatherhood and nice. Yeah, you know, it it's cool. I,
0: I like the kid. I think he's he's very talented. He's got some. I mean, the I forget the name of the track, but I think it was like the. I think the title of the track was the number to the mental health hotline or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That shit was ill. Like, yo, my kids cried. Huh?
1: My kids kids cried.
0: Like I I had them listen to it. Actually, I had to watch the video and they like, were like, yo, I'm like, yeah, shit is real out here. And this was, you know, before COVID, how relevant is that song right now with all the shit we're doing, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm never a big fan of when artists announce they're retiring. Why he's
2: saying that? He's saying yeah, that. Yeah,
1: this. Yeah, that's this is his last album. He's retiring from.
2: For some reason, I feel like I believe him because I just feel like with all the mental health stuff, and now that yeah. he, I didn't even know he was a father, but I could see that dude. Just you know, he seems like the type of dude that the industry just fucking. He's not. He's not about it. Like fuck this industry life. Mm. I don't know. I could see that.
0: But I, I understand what you're saying, Kay. Like, you, do you say that because you think it's more like a, a marketing ploy or leaving that yeah, opportunity for a marketing Yeah, ploy?
1: I mean, yeah, just, I just, I think about, I guess, we're in different times and it's <laughs> self-promotion to the fullest at, at any time at this point yeah. for the past maybe 10 years or, or more. But I just think about, like, I don't know, did Earth, Wind & Fire ever say, all right, we're, no, <laughs> we're them, officially them retired? Oh, no, ogs they they
2: never retirement is when they die yeah. you know,
1: like, or just people in general from, you know, like making it, it's like a press statement of, all right, I'm retiring from doing this. seems weird. But what do I know? Yeah, I
2: don't know. I'm going to retire from, uh, <laughs>
0: yo, so, you know, I was thinking as, as we were talking about, um, Trump a little while ago, and I've been having conversations, uh, what I call like the uncomfortable conversations, right? You hear people talk about like we should be having more dialogue, especially with all the social justice stuff happening. Wait, real quick, real, bef- uh, before you finish that's the fine, thought. That's fine, just fine. Step all over just, my hopes just and dreams. Break
2: apart real quick. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We should have, and I don't know if this is what you were going to say. <laughs> no, no, you don't know. You don't have a fucking clue what I'm about to say. We should have someone that's a a Trump follower and like a, of course, a right wing, you know, I was gonna say mentality, (laughs) right? Someone that represents that, that viewpoint and is a father and is into hip hop. That would be a good person to have. I can't think of anyone,
0: but we welcome, definitely welcome the dialogue. Like, I think that's, that's, that's what we should be doing. Like as people generally speaking. Um, so no, I wasn't going that way. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, but, um, so so I've been having all these discussions and the theme I think this week for me in those conversations has been about like me and how I project and how I behave in the context of you know white people right and so I'll give you the example so I and this came up in a conversation with somebody that I'm working with on on some articles that we're writing for Dribble and Dives but he brought this up. He was like, do you feel like you have to be overly nice when you are out and about, right? When you're encountering white people generally is what he was kind of referring to. And it, it stuck with me. And I actually gave it some deep thought. And I was like, yo, that's exactly what I do. Like I... Anywhere, like I feel like I have to be, I'm usually, I'm normally like a nice guy. Like I'm not somebody who walks around like me mugging or like, I don't believe anyway, appear threatening, right? I'm just kind of jovial, chill, whatever. And, but I do, like I I just, it took me to the supermarket. <clears throat> like I go to the supermarket and I, I guess, put on this mask and the mask is really, you know, smiling more, uh, I make sure that whatever I you know, if I have to talk to anybody, I'm my tone is extra nice, and it's something that I guess I was cognizant of, but it's not anything that I was like super focused. Like it's not, I don't necessarily my game plan when I walk into the supermarket is like, all right, yo, you gotta be extra nice today. Like that's not how it evolves and happens. And then and then I I contrast me with like Trump, right? He can be free to be himself and say. Whatever the fuck is on his mind, whether we agree with it or not, and, and that's okay. Like He's comfortable in his skin like that. I'm not, or haven't been.
2: Do you think he looks comfortable in his skin and hair?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely make me uncomfortable. But, but it's, you know, the, when I look at him... And I know there's, but like, I think he's a
2: bad example, man. No, no, no. But for like the average white,
0: dude. no, <laughs> like, no, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that that's white people. I'm saying right. his, uh, and Kanye, Kanye's another example. I, I, you know, he's, I, I assume he's comfortable enough to say whatever's on his mind, right? That's mental instability. It could be. It could and be. so is Trump. <laughs> it could be, it could be, but, but I, I feel like, all right, shit. I need to be more true to who I really am and try not to position myself a particular way because I think it's going to help others feel less threatened by me or people like me. Because now I'm setting a precedent, right? So like the next time they encounter somebody of color, their expectation is likely going to be like, yo, this dude was really cool and accommodating to me. This next person may just be their normal like, yo, we're in this together, but... I'm not going to move out of line and let you come in front of me because you just happen to be there. Not that I've done this, but I'm saying like these are the kinds of things. And somebody brought that to my attention and I was like, yo, that's true. Like it's not just, yeah, my own issue in that regard, but also like what it says for people like me. Like I kind of have, there's a bit of a fucking conflict within me for that. So, I bring all that to say, like, I don't know if you, in your world, kind of feel like that. And I'd be curious, Kay, just because you are uh, genetically Caucasian. (laughs)
2: Token? What a dick.
0: No, but you subscribe to culture beyond just, you know, white, right? I mean, that's just your complexion. You're culturally involved in so many different aspects of, so many different cultures, so you present different things. So it's, I'm curious, like how you guys, if at all, uh,
2: no, I, I feel this. I, I I thought I think the same way because when I was younger, people were always like, felt like you know, like oh, this is you're a gangbanger, you're this or you're that. And so growing, you know, as I've evolved or whatever, as, as time has passed, I've always tried to like you know not come off um, what the stereotype is when dealing with people but i don't i mean maybe this is just me but i don't see it as it necessarily just with when it comes to like white people just maybe for me it's people that don't understand you know the culture don't understand you know whatever that might subscribe to stereotypes so i'm just like i try to like navigate that so i've always been like you know try to be normal cool nice whatever to give a different impression of someone so the next person they come into contact with
1: you know automatically judge them by you know a book by its cover for me it's more of reading it's more of situational awareness mm. and trying to be mindful of I guess where I'm at and I guess whatever my interaction is how what the potential outcome of that is and, and reading the situation um, so you're a chameleon say what so you're a chameleon no no no, not necessarily chameleon but just trying to be aware of like all right if i'm I'm going into a space um and my vibe is way different just even from look right just from looks alone if my vibe is way different than than the space that i'm going into you know am i gonna are they gonna feel threatened by me or my you know is it is am I throwing off the vibe and doesn't necessarily mean that I have to um, be extra nice mm-hmm. to to make someone feel better. But it's also just knowing, like, all right, this, you know, me going here may change the mood a little bit. So I just got to be aware of of that space I'm going into.
0: So you kind of hedge and you kind of like, all right. You, you become aware of what the potential impact is. And do you like and maybe not consciously, but do you kinda try to adjust to try to not create what you believe will be like I'll I'll use disruption as a as an example. That might be way too aggressive. But like to create that imbalance?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I may I may to an extent, not over not overboard, but I but I guess at the end of the day I don't want issues you know, if there's yeah. no problems that need to be have and I'm not, and I'm not, um, and I'm not, not being myself, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't feel bad after I walk away. I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't, uh, you know, tried to be extra when I didn't need to be that kind of stuff. Um, but again, it's a, it's a, it's a different scenario. Um, than what you're discussing, because because yeah. that what you're discussing is definitely a thing, and and you know when you when you talk to, I guess it's like when you talk to other white folks sometimes, and that that thing doesn't necessarily ring a bell with them, um, but then you might hear someone say, if they go somewhere where it's predominantly black or predominantly, you know, an, another culture. And they're like, oh, man, I was the only white person there. And it's like some kind of badge of honor or like they made it through. <laughs> <or something. laughs> you know, Got out like, the hood. Yeah. It, it's like, well, you know, whatever you were feeling there, think about the fact that, that most folks of color have to feel like that in normal, time. normal, <laughs> everyday life at work, at school, you know, the, that kind of thing. Right. And and kind of pull away that whole you know, oh my god like I made it through, you know, that kind of shit so I think we're veering off topic but I mean
0: I know, that's relevant Yeah, and I mean just to to tie it back into kind of the purpose of what we do and immediately my mind went to after I had that kind of I guess self-realization or or really looked at that, right then I immediately moved to my kids and then I was like All right, so what's What could I do so that they don't have to be like I am? And I I don't have an answer. Like I'm I'm really just trying because I've and then I think about it, I'm like, sometimes, you know, and Latinos, I feel like we do this a lot. Like there's many moments where in public we get embarrassed about shit right? So like if our kid might be acting, and I think E, I think you might have mentioned this, or we talked, we had this conversation.
1: Yeah, I remember this comment.
0: Yeah, like your kid might be wilding out, and then you you get embarrassed because they're, yeah. they're being themselves, right? And I think that's fucked up. And I can think back to situations where I I get embarrassed, and I'd like reprimand them, like, yo, chill, you can't act like that. You gotta act like this. And that has a lot to do, I think, with, with what I just talked about. So it's things like that that I'm just like, yo, I gotta chill, I gotta be more present about how I conduct myself a, as an example for them, but also let them kind of find their own path and not hopefully not have to fall into the same kind of shit that I'm in.
1: Yeah. I think it's just essentially teach, you know, you've got to, got to teach kids that these perceptions from other people are going to be real, right? This is going to be there, not everyone, but these are going to be some real perceptions that people have. And to understand those things and to be able to um, you know to be able to generalize but not but not be overly specific on every single person, but again like read be able to read the scenario and be perfect <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but also don't like well, I think what you're saying is not to have to you know, teaching them not to have to Adjust their personality or adjust who they are just to appease someone else. So um, be
2: a confidence thing, like yeah, feeling confidence in in
1: who they are, what they are. Yeah, yeah. Now, in some, in some, unfortunately, in some instances, you know that that kind of that kind of stuff can lead to you know bad interactions with police or bad interactions with other folks. You just never know because of the mindset of some people. But again, I think that just goes back to teaching our kids like, hey, these these potential scenarios could happen. They do happen. Um, And if you find yourself in some of these scenarios, you know, these are, I guess, potential ways to maneuver around it. But at the end of the day, you know, you're also teaching your kids to not have to placate to others in order for them to, to maneuver safely. So I don't, I don't know how we get there a hundred percent, but I think, I think in, for this generation or for us raising our kids, that, that seems to be a, you know, we, we want to raise them to, to not placate and we want to raise them to have the confidence and to be able to be, have the situational awareness and, and stand up for themselves. Um, but yeah, man. It's easier said but than done. Isn't that, isn't that scary though? Because I think that it's it's
2: interesting that now, you know, and people who are you know in the struggle, let's just say, you know, fighting, you know, everything that's going on right now with police brutality and, and all these issues, they'll probably they they probably frown upon parents that would have typically historically have told their kids, you know, when you see the police, you know, act a certain way, be really nice, walk away. If you see some other kids get into trouble, walk away, you know, where now people might be like, nah, don't walk away, you know, stand your ground, do this, do that. But it's like, damn man. Like if you really, really think about it, do you want your kid to be the statistic that doesn't come home because they stood up and they did this and they did that and they fought for their right. And it's like, fuck man. Like, I don't, I don't don't know, man. I, all right. To be honest with you, as a parent of loving my children, I want them to play it safe.
0: I I can't I can't blame you, and I, I agree. Like, let me let me do the standing up when I think it makes sense. Right, right. But, but you yeah. shouldn't have to. Yeah. I mean, granted, like I and and there's a conflict there too, because I'm also leaning more toward playing it safe because I'm responsible for these other lives, right? right? So there's a, you got to pick and choose. But I think at the end of the day, it's being aware of all this stuff and kind of crafting your plan and raising your kids and conducting yourself around what's happening. So everybody's on the same page. But you got to, like, adjust and adapt to every circumstance and weigh the options. And I think as and you o- go through it that way, it's probably going to net out to the better result.
1: And, I mean, ultimately, like, you got to feel good about, who you are inside and you can and you yeah. can know and come to come to grips with all right you know maybe i do certain things in certain situations because i because i just know that i'm gonna get out safely or i'm gonna you know i, I can move on to the next because i learning got learning how to, to
2: read situations is probably the most crucial thing
1: like read whatever situation you're in
2: properly
0: and adapt and act accordingly i guess is yeah
2: Cause, cause look, one of the, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys and I don't know if I've, if I've ever mentioned it on this podcast or, to, or I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned it talking to you guys, but I have been the victim of police brutality twice in my life. Same. Um, and, uh, so I, I'm not speaking about all this from a place of not understanding. I've not, I've gotten my ass whooped by the cops. Oh no, not that and serious for me. <laughs> no, no. Huh? I,
0: I said, What'd no, not me? that serious for me. I mean, brutal, no, no, I got but my not ass like
2: whooped by the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty bad one time and then one time, not not as bad. but um, but one of the things that I think that has saved my life is I is in high school, I was in a a criminal justice class and and during that class, I think if I'm not wrong, the right the Rodney King riots happened while we were in that class. Mm-hmm. And you know Mr. Brett was his, was the teacher's name. really cool dude man. White dude, he he actually was uh he wasn't a regular beat cop. Well, I forget what he was. He was like the marine patrol is what he was in okay. his career. But um I remember him just really like you can sense that he really was scared for his students in dealing with the police. Mm-hmm. Es- especially while this whole Rodney King thing. Mm-hmm. Cuz a lot of us in that class for some reason were like all these hip hop heads, you know. Um and so I remember him, like, really heartfully trying to talk to us as this white, you know, cop dude that's now teaching. And, and, and he's just like, he's like, look, guys, I, I just want you to understand that police are humans, just like you're a human, they're human. And a lot of times when they stop people, they're scared, mm-hmm. just as much as the next person, because they don't know what is going to happen to them. So they're, they're anxious, they're nervous. And the best thing you could do is kind of like understand that and just just be polite, understand that you're dealing with someone that, that has a certain type of job that's a high pressure, high anxiety job, and just try to be a good like a nice person that they interact with and defuse any situation like don't don't you know, don't add to the problem. And if you can just, be polite and respectful. I guarantee you that's going to take you a long way in situations. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of people be like, man, fuck that. I'm going to tell you, you know, tell the cops my rights. I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to do that. You know, but I've used, I've always remembered what he told us. And I'm sure a lot of us in that class did. And I've been in situations where that has saved my fucking ass. Mm. You know, where where I should have probably gone to jail for something. But I just talked respectfully And dealt with the situation and calmed myself down and just just try to look at the person as a human and just say, look, man, and do whatever they told me to do. And then I got the, you know, and and I was good. And I don't even know why the fuck I brought that up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess I guess I guess ultimately it's the old saying, like treat others the way you want to be treated. The golden rule. And so if you start if if you start with that in mind, now, if things escalate and you have to switch and you know get into another mode, then that's what happens. But it, but I think coming from a place of but what mode uh, the 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 lose lose mode like uh, even know. even if even I've been in a
2: situation where even when the I was going to say something derogatory, <laughs> even when the cop started to to still be foul, <laughs> I know yeah. you
0: were going to say <laughs> yeah.
2: even when the cops, are I just maintained, and it kind of. Forced the cop to like defuse himself. Like he right. was like, all right, man. Like I'm not gonna like he wants me to get agitated. Yeah. He's trying yeah. to get me there, right. and I'm just like keeping cool, and that helped me, you know. And, and and most people now, like right now, I feel like most people be like, fuck that, you know, like, and I get it, and I completely understand that point of view too. But me personally, you know, that saved my life probably in some
1: situations. Yeah, and ultimately, these are the things that we have to. Pass on to our kids so that they can figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> All
0: right, yo, it's been real. Thank you for uh, for a hundred, yo. This is this is big. No, no, no. You're special. No, no, not us. You're special. Thank you for
2: coming out, even though under the circumstances. Of the COVID virus. You guys are here with us right now. <laughs> yeah. We're playing player, right?
0: <laughs> no, but man, it's been real. This is a hundred. Uh I look forward to a hundred more. More than that, obviously, but um it's a big milestone for us. So, so
2: we're gonna be podcasting while our kids are in college then.
0: Basically. <laughs> I-, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> All right, fam. Y'all be good.
1: You're podcasting direct to your brain waves. <laughs> I hope not. Elon Musk has anything to do about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, my brothers. Uh, All right, guys. Peace. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise
0: one. Be a father to the child. Be a father to the child.